Hello and welcome to Kingston Let's Talk, a podcast with local residents and members of the Kingston Independent Residence Group uh, discussing local issues that are going on around the borough. I'm James Giles, I live in New Malden. And I'm Helen Hinton and I live in Kingston. And uh, today we're going to start by looking at the recent full council meeting which happened on Tuesday, constitutional changes which they passed and, uh, you know, this meeting which really and truly ended up upsetting quite a few local residents. I don't know what your take on what it was. I I was amazed because the public gallery was full. About 60 residents there had come out on a wet Tuesday evening to see what was happening with their council. And I think most people were appalled by the way that people were treated that evening. I I think you're right. And, you know, these constitutional changes, which in effect sort of seem to limit the right of residents to scrutinise what their councillors are doing, turn it almost into some sort of elected dictatorship where once every four years you know you vote for these people but then for their whole term they can basically get away with whatever the heck they want um, without any sort of scrutiny whatsoever. Yeah I totally agree I mean there's no reason why they expect that for four years nobody's allowed to say anything or interact with them at all. I think it's very strange. I I think so I mean I think you've got some of the figures as well haven't you on some of these changes? Yeah I mean what they've decided to do is to call in by residents the figures that used to be you have to have a hundred um, petition a petition with a hundred people signing has now changed to 2310 signatures that's equivalent to two percent of the local government electorate which is often more than any councillor has received in a vote in fact i think it's more than any councillor received last year in the elections I think you're right yeah exactly I mean that's just crazy because I mean you know over the last few years there have been so many call-ins that actually have had some really meaningful change you know I mean I remember when I first started getting involved I called in the decision to remove the fountain roundabout in New Malden that was just such an unpopular decision and we only got I think about 800 signatures but in the end, the roundabout was saved. They decided not to go ahead with this scheme, which even cyclists hated. And the idea was it was Mini Holland. No, um, I, rem- I remember that well, actually, James. And you're right. You, you didn't get anywhere near 2,310, even though many people were impassioned by that and against it. You couldn't get that number of signatures. But now, to get that 2,310, you've got to use the council's website and their petition format, which is extremely difficult to use. I I think you're right. And, you know, on that system now, you have to register an account with the council. You know, you have to go through all your details. You have to verify your email, this, that and the next. I was looking just earlier today at some of the petitions that are currently live on there. And some have only got a dozen odd signatures after being active a couple of months. And I think it's just because the system's not user-friendly, you know, like you say. And your previous calling with the Fountain Roundabout affected lots and lots of people, but even you couldn't get um, eight hundred. You couldn't get more than eight hundred signatures. What about the youth centres when they did a previous calling in two thousand sixteen? This only affects a very small amount of people. It's young kids, you know, young people. Very important but affects few people, you're going to not achieve 2,310 signatures there, even Absolutely. though it's a very important niche market that you're talking about. Absolutely, you're right. Another call-in that, that was done 
you know, more recently, say in 2018, was the SEND transformation plan, which looks at kids with special needs. And I think there's only about a thousand families in the borough whose children actually have any form of uh, statement of special needs whatsoever. So how you achieve it? How, how with are you those going to achieve 2,310 for that is, is totally appalling. But I mean, doesn't that come back to the wider point that the council just don't want residents to be able to call things in you know because i mean that strikes me as what these changes are actually seeking to do make it impossible they're they're trying to stop residents um, interfering if you like in council business Mm. they obviously see themselves as you know in power that they're going to carry out these things even though they haven't properly got residents on board with these ideas Absolutely. And, and I mean, as terrible as that is to bring a decision to scrutiny, the threshold going up by, well, you know, from 100 to over 2,300, which is a good 20, over 20 times harder. It's not just that, that change, though, is it? So, you know, what's happening to, say, petitions? You know, someone wants their road resurfaced or it's a bigger issue affecting the borough. What's, what are the changes there? Well, um, currently it was, it was 500, yeah. which is not particularly easy. Um, especially if you like sort of live in a cul-de-sac mm. like myself, you couldn't get 500 signatures. But now that's increased to 1% of the electorate to 1,134. But if this cul-de-sac has only got 20 or 30 houses, you would never achieve that. It's just totally unreasonable. Absolutely. And I mean, so whereas before, if you didn't quite reach, you know, say that 500 threshold, let's say it was, say, a cul-de-sac that... Yeah wanted its road resurfaced, you'd be able to take a petition to a neighbourhood committee. And in the yes. past, if I remember rightly, there was no threshold at all. So it might be that you live in, I don't know, let's say Highbury Close in New Malden, there's about 15 houses down there. And in fact, I remember going with the residents and presenting a petition, and had about 20 signatures on it, to get their road resurfaced. But it was considered, and as a result, Highbury Close has been resurfaced it was on the works program but what are they changing the thresholds for those smaller petitions to that seems bold for the smaller ones at the neighborhood committee they've increased it dramatically 152 for kingston town 175 for malden and coombs which is relevant to me 142 for surbiton and 109 for south of the borough so once again they're raising the bar really high even for the neighborhood committees but i mean that that just seems just preposterous because you know like you say if you're a small community there's an issue that affects a really small part i mean surely that's the point of the neighborhood committee isn't it you is that it's so. small issues local people yeah. decision making in communities it's supposed to be and they're supposed to be keen on resident engagement but how are you supposed to engage residents when you increase the petition levels to this level mm. and you're basically saying, actually, you've got no voice. We don't want to hear from you. Mm. Absolutely. Now, now, at this meeting on Tuesday, uh, you know, obviously they passed these constitutional changes, but quite a few residents, as well as those that, you know, came along on that wet Tuesday night. I mean, the weather's mm. been terrible recently. There's also quite a few residents who spoke, weren't there? And they were. They did these deputations to the council, sort of topical statements. Yeah, they spoke very eloquently, which I must say that we didn't see from the administration side. In fact, we didn't see much engagement with the people that had bothered to speak. And it's not, it's not easy to speak at a full council. You know, there's, there's lots of intimidation things there. There's the business with the microphones that's hard to engage with when you have done it for the first time. There's a big clock 
which says how, how long you're allowed to speak for. A lot of people will find that intimidating. Um, people that might not be able to hear very well or see very well will find that intimidating too. I think, I think you're right. And, you know, I think the fact that, you know, there are 14 of these sort of topical statements, you know, I thought I found that really quite heartening, actually, because, you know, they all had something, like you say, really important to say. Indeed, yeah. Um, but the council are taking those away as well, aren't they now? So that's yes, all they gone are. too. There's now going to be this half an hour question time facility, which I understand that the mayor can decide whether these questions can be accepted or not. Absolutely. And, you know, far from, you know, wanting to sort of pass criticism on, on, the, on Margaret as an individual, I did think her chairing of that meeting did leave a little bit to be desired in, in the way the meeting sort of carried on. And I appreciate it was a long meeting, but it seemed a bit heavy-handed, I think, towards the gallery. I think so. I think it was, as a resident myself, I, I found it quite offensive that she was telling us to sit down and shut up. Yeah, absolutely. And this is supposed to be our forum where we get to engage with the council and our councillors. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, you know, just take a brief listen at some of what these people had to say, because, you know, I thought some of it was, was just enlightening. So let's just take two minutes and, and just have a listen. Well, if it affects anyone, if it's a valid reason for challenge, the challenge should be allowed. I don't see why any of my challenges should have been disallowed um, or why I should have to get 2,000 people when just because I don't work for a law firm or work for Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs, my views don't count. Um, I'm, I'm an analyst by training. I, I, know what I'm, I think I know what I'm doing. I've read all the legislation. I've attended the, uh, so many meetings. I talk with lots of residents. I know so many residents all over the borough who I speak with re regularly. Why shouldn't a resident who has a valid um, evidence-based argument for your decisions not being robust, not be able to challenge them. You, it seems to me you don't want to make robust decisions. I mean, four years I've been following your decision-making. I, I am appalled. I, I have to say, I, I'm actually more more saddened than appalled. I, I'm really saddened that this is what Kingston is. I, you know what I do all the time now? I compare you with Richmond. I look at Richmond's decision-making. They don't need challenging all the time because they have clear policies and strategies that protect their borough and protect their residents to the extent that they can, realistically, in a world that's changing, in a London that's changing. And they are doing that extremely well. And they don't need challenging all the time. You do. You really do need challenging, all of you. The officers, all of you, you all need challenging. You are not doing a good job and you should be ashamed. You really should be ashamed. Um, I, I really don't know what else to say. And so, and it's the minorities who will suffer in this borough with everything that you're doing. It is, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to suffer too much. It's the minorities. I probably will um, now, particularly, but um, minorities will suffer. So in answer to Councillor Davis's question, I think minorities and any, anyone who has a valid reason should not need this massive number of signatures, which we will never get, as you know jolly well. And you could argue, the, the other thing that I would like to say in answer to Kevin, Mr. Councillor Davis's question is that, um, um, where is it? Is that, um, uh, what was it? The, there was, oh yeah, the, the reasonableness. 
you know, is it reasonable? You, you may well ask it's reasonable because other local authorities do it. Well, I would argue a lot of what other local authorities do is not at all reasonable. It's done to shut people up so they can push through what the GLA or they have decided to do. It isn't reasonable by nature of other people doing it. And the Wednesday principle of reasonableness covers that. So is it so unreasonable that no reasonable authority would ever considering imposing it? And I argue that no reasonable authority would ever consider imposing these with a track record of decision making that this council has. Thank you. Are there any further questions? Yeah. Maybe Thank one you. from the Lib Dems. Thank you, Ms. Shah. Uh, would you like no to questions? Sorry? No questions. No questions, no. But it's a major, major thing. Would you like to return to your seat, please? There are no further questions. Thank you. So, I mean, so we've just heard Caroline Shard there, who did, yes. you know, one of these deputations on uh, about the Constitution Review. And at the end there, one of the things I thought was really interesting throughout the whole evening, you know, is mm -hmm. of all these residents who bothered to attend. Absolutely. Seldom did the Lib Dems bother to ask a single question at all to them. No, and if they did answer, they just read a scripted piece, which was irrelevant and didn't answer the question prepared by the residents. I just found it totally offensive really and at the end of the meeting when councillors were discussing these changes one of the things they were saying you know is in fact i remember tim cobbett standing up and yeah. saying we got to council questions at 11 o'clock we got to the main agenda at 11 30. many members of the public that were here earlier and many councillors have had to leave i don't know about you but it's almost like we need to update our constitution <laughs> And then sort of berated, you know, the fact that the deputations were sort of spurious and a waste of time. But, I mean, you know, what topics did we have at that meeting? Because I found them all really interesting. They were all fascinating. They had... They covered all different things from safety concerns about the 5G network, the constitutional changes, of course, the overcharging of council tenants for water rates, which the Lib Dems, I, I believe, said that they were going to refund, which hasn't happened yet, as they far did. as I'm aware. That's right. Well, no, the on, on, the, on the contrary, they, they've taken a council tenant to court. Because oh, right. he dared to ask for a refund. Okay, also we've got lack of electric car charging points in North Kingston. As you're probably aware, there was a previous thing that they wanted to introduce more expensive car parking permits based on the amount of CO2 um, emitted by your car. But there are no car charging points in North Kingston, as far as I'm aware. All of these are very important issues. But, but they were almost dismissed, weren't they? You know, as you know, Absolutely. how dare you come and talk to us about it? As I think I said in my deputation, you know, it's almost like we're going back to the future, back to the days before the internet when councillors were in charge, anyone who Absolutely. questioned them, Absolutely. just an inconvenience. And then, then we're told, oh, you can always contact your councillor <laughs> if you have an issue. And I don't often contact my councillor, but when I do, what I'm absolutely shocked by is the few that actually respond mm. and this means there is no other possibility for for residents to bring their issues to the attention of the council without attending council yeah. meetings absolutely and i know of um one resident 
who is actually banned from contacting mm. the council bar yes. her single point of contact and she yes. actually spoke at that meeting she on did she did she was the one that talking about the water rates yeah and this yes this poor lady is not allowed to contact her councillor i mean that's that's just Appalling. ludicrous that's just mad they just seem to be ignoring residents left right and center exactly. really so it's a question of you know i mean obviously the elections are in 2022 and that's sort of another story but that's a very you know, very long time to wait absolutely and no, i'm not sure we can necessarily afford to to even wait that long also james what i don't mm. understand is why the lib dems have got a huge number of councillors they're totally in control i think the opposition only have nine councillors is yeah. it eight conservative and one green well there's nine conservative and there's one green one so there's green. ten in total so it's ten altogether which is they, still nothing. It's nothing. They can get everything through that they want to get through. It's mm. no problem. So why are they being so dictatorial with the changes in the Constitution? Why are they doing this? What do you think? I mean, I think it's a really good question. And I sat there on Tuesday and, you know, I didn't recognise that group. When they were in opposition, mm. quite often I would sit there and think, actually, do you know what? You're talking some sense here. I remember the days when you know, Councillor David Cunningham, who's a long-standing Conservative, would, you know, to, to my face, accuse me of being a closet Liberal Democrat. Yes, and, I was you know, accused of the same thing. <laughs> no, I think that rumour for both of us has been well and truly sort of uh, dispelled now. Yes. I don't recognise them. And no, it's I not don't. These changes aren't done out of a position of strength, which, like you say, is odd because they've got the biggest majority that Absolutely. any council has ever had in this borough. Yeah. But these changes are done out of a position of fear, you know, and I don't know what they're afraid of. I mean, I can't think it's the nine conservative, as effective as some of them are, but... Well, they were very effective, actually, on that um, evening. Absolutely. I I think Kevin Davis did ask lots of questions. And what what people have been saying is why were the Liberal Democrats not asking questions yeah, to these absolutely. residents that brought up these valid mm. points? And, and, you know, I think the thing that gets me, you know, I, amongst many others, used to, including the Lib Dems, used to berate the Conservatives when they were in charge for not consulting with not residents listening. and not listening. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've heard of being more Catholic than the Pope, but the Lib Dems are more conservative than the Conservatives. I agree. And I remember Liz Green saying that what she wanted to do in her manifesto was be a listening council. Mm. Well, I think at the moment we can say that residents must feel really betrayed. I think so. And no, I've even had emails from Lib Dem supporters, people who last year went out and leafleted and doorknocked for the Lib Dems and... You know, I know they've been emailing the likes of Ed Davey and Joe Swinson. They are even saying, as Lib Dem supporters, that they feel betrayed and they may never vote for them again. You know, and in Richmond Park, we're sitting at the moment, constituency, where you've got a really close fight between Zach Goldsmith and Sarah Olney. Yeah, and I think in the last election, it was only by 55 votes that Zach came on. It was just double digits, you're quite right. You know, and every vote in Richmond Park from Conservative and Lib Dem say counts. And they're just going about it completely the wrong way if they want to hope in hell of Miss Olney getting back into Parliament. I mean, the merits of that's probably a topic for another day. But... Um... Can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably best that we... Uh, that <laughs> It would be best that. not say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lib Dems feel betrayed us, you know, and, and I think Absolutely. all residents do as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of 
what residents can can do about this you know i think what can know. they do james i mean as someone that i mean i went to you i remember a long time ago when i brought a petition about Surbiton Crescent. I think I got about 250, maybe 300 signatures. Took me, took a lot of hard mm. graft to get that. And it was dismissed by the Conservatives. And I remember you standing outside there and you told me, let's do a call in. Yeah, that's And that's, right. that's how we actually it met was, each I other. I remember, I do remember. And you provided lots of information about yeah. how to go forward and I'm forever grateful no, for you doing that. So what would you say to residents now if they've got a big burning issue, where do they go first? I mean, that's a tough one because, like I say, you know, half of the councillors, uh, over half, are completely ineffective. And so I think, obviously, there is something to be said for being an elected representative. So by all means, contact your councillors yes. first. But if they're not willing to help, you know, then my advice would be, frankly, you know, come and speak to us. You know, I, I think so. Between us, we've got the 40 years of experience on Kingston Council for Absolutely. our various members. Some of, some of our members have been around a very, very long time yeah, absolutely. and have lots of experience. So yeah, I would say if you've got a problem, email us. Mm. Admin, so A-D-M-I-N, at kingstonindependence.org.uk. Um, and we'll make sure it's passed on to your sort of relevant local ward spokesperson. Absolutely. And we've helped residents with all sorts of things. Absolutely. From road access to yeah. planning Play permission. Equipment. Yeah, it's Play all, equipment. all sorts of issues. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, although these constitution changes make life more difficult, we will still be doing everything in our power to, to help. Absolutely. We're not going anywhere, are we, James? As much as I'm sure... <laughs> The Lib Dems would love us to say we're going to be disbanding, but, you know, that is simply not the case. We're more determined, I think, than ever to Absolutely. fight for the borough and for residents. So Absolutely. Uh, tune in next time when uh, we'll be talking more about what we can do to actually reverse these changes. We'll have some exciting announcements coming up. And also, if you've got any issues that you'd like us to discuss on Kingston Let's Talk, we're really happy to hear from you. Until the next time, cheerio! If you'd like to find out more about the work of the Kingston Independent Residence Group, then visit our website www.kingstonindependence.org.uk or you can call us on 0208 050 5096.